to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hey, Bright Lights, it's Angela here. Happy Valentine's Day. I am so excited to be here with you today and I hope that regardless of your relationship status, that you are willing to make this day all about love. Love is appreciation. Love is gratitude. Love is taking stock of what you have and feeling good about it as a foundation for where you want to go. Today, I thought it would be especially appropriate to talk about self-love because we don't do anywhere near enough of it in our modern world. We criticize ourselves, we pick apart ourselves. Our inner voice says things to ourselves that we would never speak to another human being. First of all, they might slap us upside the head. And second of all, it's just so mean and hateful that you probably couldn't even bring yourself to treat another human being that way. But the narrative in your head, and remember, 90% of our thoughts are recycled, is about limitation, about lack, about doubt, about fear. We say to ourselves when we have a big dream, who am I to do that? I'll never get there. We look at all the disadvantages we have, not the advantages, and we get stuck. Now, if you are a member of this audience, you've been doing some work. You're a little bit more clued in and enlightened. You're a little more conscious of your thoughts and your behaviors. And you understand that whole link from thoughts to beliefs to emotions to actions. So you probably are seeing some changes in your life as a result of putting these practices into place because they work. However, we still have to constantly make it a practice to work on those core beliefs. So you make progress and you meet resistance. You encounter contrast. As you pursue what you do want, things happen that show you what you don't want. And that's good because it gives us more conviction to pursue what we do want. It makes it not okay anymore to tolerate the things we don't want, but it is still an adjustment. So I ran across this meme from a um, mastermind group that I am a part of. You know, as I always say, even though I am a coach, I still constantly get coaching, put myself in mastermind groups, work with coaches because we're all evolving and we can't see past our own little microclimate that we're surrounded in. Other people can hold that bigger vision, can ask us the hard questions, can call us on our stuff. So in this mastermind group, someone posted a meme 
that I will read to you because it is so damned powerful. When you are not used to being confident, confidence feels like arrogance. When you're used to being passive, assertiveness feels like aggression. When you're not used to getting your needs met, prioritizing yourself feels selfish. Your comfort zone is not a good benchmark. Wow, right? Let that sink in. Our comfort zone is this place where we are afraid to claim what we want, where we numb it out so much that some people I work with don't even know what they want. It takes some coaching to get them back in touch with that because they've gotten so caught up in doing what other people think they should do with checking off the boxes on someone else's list with making other people happy. One of the things that really hit me when I read this meme for the first time was not only that other people can react to you that way, right? I once had a coworker years ago who really was very competitive and did a lot of toxic behavior, sabotaging of others, tell the owner of the company that I was arrogant. So I've run into that, right? That when you're confident, when you are willing to be present and to say what you think and to stick by what you did and why you did it, it's not because you're arrogant or you're stubborn or you're entrenched, but it's because you believe in it. But it's so easy for other people who are threatened by you to hurl the A word, arrogant, at you. In the working world today that is so focused on collaboration, that is like a poison arrow, right? To be accused of arrogance. That's the opposite of collaboration. So it just makes the whole room fall quiet. And there you go, right in the shame box. It's something we need to work past. It's something we need to check in with ourselves. Because if you're coming at it from a place of ego, of needing to say, look at me, ta-da, then yeah, you might be arrogant. On the other hand, if you've done your homework, if you're doing this, for the greater good, the design you're proposing, the strategy you're advocating for is to help something be better for your clients. That's confidence because you've done this. You have the experience. You've done your homework. You've tried different things and you found something that you believe satisfies all of the different needs. It's not wrong to be an unflinching advocate for that. And if someone doesn't like it, that's on them. It doesn't mean that being that advocate is being arrogant. Arrogance can also show up in how other people are your mirror. I had a wonderful trip last week to Santa Fe to work on a project. And we do have certain players on the client side who are very outspoken, pushing back on a lot, challenging a lot. And I thought it was really interesting how different members of our team chose to react. It's not that uncommon in the world of clients to have people that have a very much 
if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality, don't do more work than you have to, take the simplest route, they're more invested in utility than aesthetics, I get it. And they have a lot of good reasons for feeling that way. But if you believe in what you're doing, you also have a lot of good reasons for what you're proposing. Your job in working with them is not to be the waitress. No matter how sure they are that they want the blue plate special, if you know something is going to be a game changer, produce a better outcome, you would be remiss not to suggest it and advocate for it. And it doesn't mean you don't listen. It doesn't mean it's your way or the highway. It's simply that you are making sure that you're having a dialogue and you're understanding. Other members on my team, though, took this very direct style as arrogance. They were offended. They tuned out. They blamed. They took it on as a complete hardship and personal affront that someone was just direct, assertive, and confident think it's good to not only explore our own ways that we are afraid to be confident lest we be viewed as arrogant, but also the way we judge other people who are confident and make them wrong for it. Instead of saying, good for you that you know your stuff, that you believe in it, this lets us have a far better conversation than the person who's passive, checked out, and mealy-mouthed. I will take the assertive, confident client any day over the passive-aggressive one who doesn't speak up, but then later complains. And we all have dealt with that. Let us stop making confidence bad. Let us stop demonizing directness and instead view it as refreshing and a way to have a much more empowered dialogue so you can co-create with your clients and not just get the solution you want or the solution they think they want, but the best solution for the people that have to use this space. So let's go on to the next one. When you're used to being passive, assertiveness feels like aggression. We hide We play so many games in the world of passive-aggressive. You know, I'm Italian, and we actually have a saying about that called faccia content, make the happy face. You tell people what they want to hear, and then you go do what you want. Or you, if you can't do what you want, you resent them because you agreed to something. It's very intertwined with the confidence idea, too, because... When you push back because you have the courage of your convictions, is that aggression or is that advocacy? And again, just like with arrogance, you have to look at your motivations. If your motivations are to make the project better, if your motivations are to help people see something they couldn't see, your motivations are to have a productive conversation with raw honesty so that everything is out in the open and can be dealt with, 
Hard truths are not aggression. The truth will set you free. It may not be comfortable, but it doesn't mean it shouldn't be said. In fact, the more uncomfortable it is, probably the more necessary it was to say that. So putting on the happy face, smiling through your resentment is not only sabotaging you, but it is sabotaging your work and it is sabotaging the people that have to live with the end result, that have to be in that space because you didn't speak up, because you didn't help your client ask the hard questions. So let's move to the next one. And this one I think is so powerful in all creative professions. When you're not used to getting your needs met, prioritizing yourself feels selfish. Who feels like they have zero control over their calendar? Like it just gets hijacked. Even if you start the day with some white space, people are looking at your calendar and slipping in meetings and saying no feels so hard. Or like a client makes an unreasonable demand but isn't willing to change a deadline. Or like your boss is having a problem with the fact that you need to take the afternoon off or that after a big deadline, you're only going to work a half day, maybe the first couple days of that next week because you need time to restore and recuperate, not hit the ground running and keep on going. Who feels like you're a bad person if you don't say things like, I put my family first as if someone who cares about their career and cares about self-care doesn't care about their family. We do all this virtue signaling all day long about how selfless we are. And we define selfless as complete self-abandonment. If you are not utterly in service to other people 24-7, you're a bad person. How dare you book that massage? How dare you get a pedicure? How dare you take time off? How dare you go on vacation? And when I say this stuff, it sounds absurd. Yet, I want you to think in your own life how you really feel. Could you take an impromptu long weekend? Or would you feel too guilty that you were leaving your team hanging? Do you brag about your self-care? Or do you just kind of keep it on the down low because you don't want people judging you? Well, I am here to tell you that self-care, setting boundaries, letting people know what your needs are is the opposite of selfish. What is selfish is playing the game. What is selfish is doing what you don't want to do. What is selfish is harboring resentment and half-assing it. That's selfish. That's immature and childish behavior. This whole attitude we have of suck it up and keep going, it's childish. It's baby games. It's playing at being an adult because an adult stands in their power. An adult does not neglect themselves. 
an adult sees that the greater good comes from them being whole and healthy and restored. An adult speaks up when someone isn't meeting expectation. An adult says, I don't have time to meet with you today and holds that boundary. A child says yes when they mean no because they're afraid of getting in trouble. So I hope you see the difference in why being clear about what you want, not holding people to obligations, not expecting other people to be the source of you getting your needs met, but rather making sure that you take care of yourself and that you hold that time and that space that you are clear about what you need, why you need it, and you don't let it go. You don't fall into the anger, guilt, shame trap, but you say, I need this and I'm claiming it. That is what an adult does, and it is the opposite of selfish. So this probably made you just a little bit uncomfortable to think about this. I know I challenged a lot of things that are considered common knowledge in our culture, in many cultures. It's how we do things. I know that if you come from a culture that has a lot of tradition, there is a lot of expectation and obligation that goes on. There's a lot of duty fulfillment that goes on. There's a lot of codependence because there's the sense that you're somehow responsible for other people's success. And if you see them do something that is going to be in your judgment, in the judgment of your family or your culture or your workplace, harmful. But if you didn't intervene, that somehow you would be to blame when something goes wrong. Instead, love, since we're on the subject today, is releasing people, letting go of judgment understanding that they need to find their own way in the world and what we think is best for them is based on what we think is best for us or what we've been conditioned to believe is best. Just like I challenge you today to re-examine what's really best for you, I want you to understand that everyone needs to do that. They may not come up with the same answer you do when they look at what's best for them. Release that judgment. And even if someone does make a mistake, supporting them is different than fixing them. Supporting them is loving them because we don't earn love. It's freely given unconditionally. When you try to fix someone, no matter how good, your intentions might be. You are withholding love. You are making their lovableness in the future. You are essentially saying you aren't good enough right now. Let us celebrate love today. 
by releasing judgments, expectations, obligations from those we care about, but also from ourselves. If this has you saying amen right on, head on over to Instagram and share your thoughts. Tag me. Participate in my coffee challenge. You can find that on my website, architectingpodcast.com. By subscribing to the podcast, leaving a review, and then sending me a DM so I know you did it. And you will get a $5 gift certificate to Starbucks, plus be entered into a drawing to win a, a really cool prize from the AIA bookstore. So make sure you do that. You got nothing to lose. Who doesn't like free coffee or the beverage of your choice? If you enjoy this podcast, help support it. When you subscribe, when you leave reviews, it helps more people to find and become part of our community. That's a great way to spread the love. All right, everyone, I love you and I will see you next time. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired. Mm-hmm.